Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. With former Blue Superstar defenseman Jamie Rivers and Alex Ferrario, I'm Brandon Kiley. It's Rivs and BK on 101 ESPN. Oh, it's that time of the week again. Time to go out to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Happy to be joined by our Blues Insider for 101 ESPN and The Athletic. He is Jeremy Rutherford joining us here on the show. JR, thanks so much for the time as always, man. I saw your report card went up last night, and there was a lot of Fs on this list. Yeah, guys, this was a, this was a tough one. It really was. And, you know, I haven't done these report cards uh, every year, but you know, I remember uh, doing report cards years ago where the expectations just weren't that high. So even though a guy didn't play well, you'd say, okay, C minus. The guy just isn't very good. He gave it his all. But, you know, this is a Stanley Cup roster. This is a team that won last year, and this is a team that was in first place in the Western Conference at the pause. So as I sat down to uh, to write up these uh, grades for these players, I just felt like they needed to be judged on what they've accomplished and uh, what the expectations were going into this tournament. Jared, as you worked your way through the list of players, and I'm sure you, you had thoughts before you started this report card, but as you worked your way through the list and you started grading players, which players really surprised you that you were forced to give them a grade that wasn't all that great? Well, I think there's a few of them. And, uh, you know, every, everybody's got an opinion, and obviously I had mine. You have to sit down and, and write up the, the report card. Uh, but guys like... Robert Thomas, guys like Colton Pareko, Oscar Sundquist, uh, you know, these guys have been terrific and kind of piggybacking on what I just said a minute ago, the expectations are so high for a guy like Robert Thomas. So I even said in his little grade, is an F for Robert Thomas harsh? Yes, it is. But he is going to be an outstanding player in the league for 15 years. And here's a guy who is terrific this year and he goes into this tournament, he can be the X factor. That's And, and I, I realize that's media-driven, that's built up, but he can be that player. And so to come away with just the two assists, one at even strength, uh, he just had the six shots on goal. He, he just has to shoot it more. Uh, I felt was a little bit of a disappointing uh, postseason for him. And then, you know, just a, a note on Colton Pareko, another dynamite player, a guy who can play 15 years in this league, and he just looked off the entire playoff i thought jr we were just talking about david perron's comments from yesterday about the blues and i i'm gonna read this part of the quote that really stood out to us and i wanted to get your reaction to what he had to say as well 
Uh, he said, I'm not sure how guys managed that throughout the league, but you could tell some guys were more prepared talking about basically getting back into game shape, shape and being prepared for this postseason bubble format. What did you make of what you heard from David Perron yesterday? And have you heard that elsewhere, both on or off the record? No, um, you know, it's been difficult for these past couple of months because there just aren't a lot of personal conversations. Um, I think that a lot of the stuff we do is on the Zoom, uh, but I give David Perron credit, and he's always been that type of guy to kind of speak his mind, whether it's on or off the record, on the Zoom call, or you're chatting with him at his locker stall. And he even said it post-game after the Game 6 loss the other night that he didn't feel like the effort was there from a lot of guys, the intensity. And, and so when he's talking about the preparation you know, he's, of course, not going to give names. You know, he hasn't told me any names, but he's going to speak the truth. And if he feels that there were certain guys that maybe didn't uh, prepare well enough during the pause or or they uh, during the tournament just didn't have the intensity that they need, then then I think, uh, you know, that's right. His right to say it. He, he's been around for a long time and he's got a lot invested into this team. Um, and, you know, it's, it's just uh, it's not a situation where he's going to be able to, to name names. No, certainly he's not going to call guys out in the media. But the, I guess the question I got for you, Jr. on this one is, you know, we talk about the culture now that surrounds the Blues and the leadership group that they have. Do you think this is a leadership group that has already addressed some of this or that will very shortly, never mind the coaching staff and the management, because we all know that that's a whole other level of conversation. But with the guys that they have in the locker room now, such as Perron, O'Reilly, Shan, and, and, and so on and so on, do you think this is going to be addressed internally and so that they can keep that culture that they've developed here? Yeah, they certainly have developed a, a great culture. And, and I get it. I do think that it probably was addressed. We heard uh, that they had a players-only meeting during the tournament. I know that that was uh, early on. And then thereafter, you still uh, saw some inconsistent play and, and guys that uh, didn't appear to be to be bringing it. There were rumblings that uh, some of the Blues just weren't happy about being up there. The motivation wasn't great. That wasn't just in St. Louis. You heard that with some teams around the league, including some of the better teams, guys. I mean, is it a coincidence that the Blues and the Washington Capitals and for a while there the Boston Bruins, the teams that have had a lot of success here lately, uh, just weren't feeling it? I don't know. So, you know, moving forward, they have to keep that culture. And so this has to be addressed in terms of who brought it, who didn't, and, and what the leaders think about it. But i got to be honest with you, is in listening to players the past couple days and even the past couple weeks, they just felt that this was so different that this is like a, a one-off. Hey, they didn't play well. They're upset they didn't play well. They, they disappointed a lot of people, didn't play up to expectations. But they all just keep saying, okay, we're moving past it and, and we're moving on to next year. So I don't know that they're uh, necessarily – that disappointed that under these circumstances it didn't work out uh, you know I, I know that's kind of you know honest right there but the, I just get the impression that these guys feel whenever training camp comes uh, comes around they'll be ready to play hockey again and they feel if, if the circumstances are somewhat back to normal uh, that they can resume that culture and, and be in who they were. JR talking of culture that has been created here in St. Louis and speaking of next year I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about Alex Petrangelo. And, you know, he's a huge part of that locker room. He's the captain of your team. And we're in a situation now where he becomes unrestricted uh, at, at some point or unless they can get a deal done before that. But what is your gauge right now on 
you know, how this might play out in the next month or so? Yeah, it's it's it continues to be difficult to analyze. It really does because of the Blues salary cap situation. You're talking about a couple million dollars a cap, and uh, you still have to sign uh, Vince Dunn, who didn't have a great playoff. To me, I've said it from day one. I'll stick to it. Is that if there's a chance to re-sign Alex Petrangelo, if the money's right from the Blues' perspective, Doug Armstrong, um, I think they'll find a way to re-sign him. And you know, I've thrown out the percentage: seventy, seventy-five percent. I know that sounds high. But that's what he means to this team. I know that Doug Armstrong realizes that, and he'll move some parts to make it work. So the the salary cap, you know, a million, two million dollars, you know, that doesn't scare me off as much as the fact what's the, the term going to be. Do they want to lock up Alex Petrangelo for six, eight years, knowing that they've got to sign uh, Colton Pareko pretty soon? To me, that's a bigger concern than can Doug Armstrong move a few parts here this off season to make it work. So uh, we just talked to Alex Petrangelo about that on a Zoom call. And he said, what do you expected him to say? You know, it's a different time right now. Of course, my wife and I are having the conversations about what we're going to do. Uh, but it is what it is right now until those negotiations begin. And if I could throw in one more detail, I asked uh, Alex Petrangelo, continuing that legacy in St. Louis, the potential of having a statue out front, retiring number 27, does that matter to you? And he said, yes, it does. I would love to go to games uh, down the road and, and take the kids, take the triplets, down to uh, Enterprise Center and see that type of thing. But he said, I haven't done enough yet to get there. So we'll see how that uh, unfolds. We're talking with Jeremy Rutherford, our Blues insider for 101 ESPN and The Athletic here on Ribs and BK. Uh, JR, I I had one more question for you. I I heard a quote from Craig Berube on the fast lane yesterday. He said, "Our, our style of play has proven that it works. We proved it once again this season being in first place in the West. I don't think there's a whole lot of changes to make that way, end quote. I also heard you yesterday on the fast lane, and you said very succinctly, the Blues looked slow in the playoffs. How do you balance those two things of the Blues have a very specific style of play that has proven that it works while also in the offseason trying to make sure you go out and get some players that can make this a faster, quicker, more agile hockey team? Yeah, I think it's a couple things. Uh, first of all, uh, the Blues look slow because they were disjointed and they weren't playing together. When they play together, they can be a faster team. And that's how a lot of teams around the league have to play fast. It has to be as a group. It has to be moving the puck. Not everybody has a Connor McDavid. So it doesn't mean, you know, that they need to go out and get three burners. It just means that if, if they're not going to have those burners, then they need to play together as a team. And let's face it, some of these guys on this uh, Blues roster, you know, are getting into the, you know, late 20s, early 30s, the O'Reilly, you know, Tarasenko, Petrangelo, some of those guys. So they got to play together. Secondly, they didn't come in waves, and that's what everybody's talking about. And part of the reason, you didn't have the Barbashev, Sunquist, Steen, healthy line. You didn't have that group. So if you go back and watch last season, we all know it. That's how a lot of their success came is because they kept coming at you. That third line, Maroon, Bozak, Thomas. The Blues did not have that with their bottom six this year. So if they're not playing together and they're not coming at you in waves, you look slow, and that's what uh, that's what I saw. Now, Craig Bruby obviously can look at it and say, hey, there's not much we have to change. That's true, uh, but they have to have the personnel in there, and they have to have the personnel playing together. He's Jeremy Rutherford. You can read his work over on The Athletic. That's where you find his report card from the Blues postseason run. A lot of Fs on that list, a lot more than certainly any of us had hoped we would find at the end of this run. JR, we always appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much for hopping on with us. We'll talk with you again soon. 
Thanks, boys. You got it. That's Jeremy Rutherford on 101 ESPN.